Hi, welcome to Intuition, Your First Sense. This is Vicki. In this episode, I would like to talk about anger. And the reason is because I feel like all of our emotions are valid. Therefore, anger is very valid. But I also feel like there's so much of it right now that maybe people are having a hard time navigating their own anger or understanding their own anger. And while I am not a therapist, nor do I pretend to be, I feel like the experience of almost two decades of working with people and managing their anger and understanding their emotions and sometimes being referred to from the therapists who aren't able to make any headway with people because the intuitive ability helps to understand where it's coming from. Well, I've done a little research and I've been in the midst of it. So I would love to help in any way I can by sharing what I've learned, what I know, some practices that could help, and also connecting the first sense of your intuition into the human element of anger and how they may correlate and how you can use your intuition to help you not go up so fast. So stay tuned. VickiBear.com It's time to be your best It's time to reconnect With your first sense Trust in your gut It's the real thing Let's see what your future brings Time to let the fun commence Intuition, your first sense Well, thank you for coming in and listening and subscribing and being a part of this community that is not making me angry. It's helping me to feel great joy, actually. Uh, Truth be told, I have a very long fuse. It takes me a very long time to get angry. Once I get angry, I tend to, like most people, I spew and then I feel better and then I am good five minutes later, which sometimes used to really annoy my husband um, and my kids and probably some friends because as soon as I've let it go, and I don't mean at someone, I mean I just released it somehow. Um, it <laughs> because it wasn't there any longer, but maybe they hadn't processed through. Oh, yeah, there were some conversations we had to have. So now when I have the relationship talk with someone, whether it's dating or whether it's in friendship or even with my own family, I will let people know that I have a long fuse. It doesn't mean I'm lacking a backbone or very strong convictions. It just means that anger isn't my go-to. And uh, it has taken me a while to really understand why some people do go there as their default mechanism or why some are more prone to being in that place. And um, to understand it, to be compassionate about it, and most especially to help in any way that I can. Anger is a very valid emotion. There are times where it's even necessary. But what we do with that anger, what we do with that emotion is 
as important, I think, as what we do with the emotion of love. How are we expressing it and are we using it in the best possible intention and context? Because if you're angry and you're having a reactive moment, very often that's not going to help any situation because reaction rather than response tends to elevate a situation rather than to help calm it, with the exception of pulling someone out of danger, I would like the reaction to be there. So I have compiled some reasons, some experiences, uh, some feedback from clients and students who have taken classes about why we seem to be so angry as a collective right now. And they may not resonate with you, and that's fine. Um, But I feel like it's my job to represent a whole when I'm behind this microphone and to give as many possible variations so that people feel heard and and it really has come from all of these years of experience of working with others. So first and foremost, I do believe that people are having an empathic reaction when they are losing their stuffing, as I call it in my house, um, when you are flipping your switch or when you're just being ticked off, really. A lot of the emotions that are happening that are piling through are coming from a place of the emotional body, which is an energetic body around your physical self that tends to act as a swiffer for energy and emotions and not even your own emotions. So this is why it's so important to be careful about what you're watching, what you're listening to, what type of music, what news programs what TV shows, and to be conscious of what you're putting into your energetic nutrition plan. It's not all about the food that we're putting in, and we'll get to that later because I do believe that's a component, but the energy body absorbs like the Swiffer. So if you're in a space of heightened um sensitivity and you're not releasing that in some way, it's very possible that every little thing could make you cranky, could make you annoyed and want to react. So one of the ways that is easiest to turn down that reactive tendency is to pay attention to what have I absorbed and am I on overload? You could take a sea salt bath, you could go for a walk, you could uh, punch a heavy bag, you could sing a song at the top of your lungs. A lot of the times when I'm feeling hyped up and I don't really know why, that there's nothing in my life that's connecting to it, but something is bubbling and it may very well be that I'm picking up on universal frustrations. I I have a playlist that I go to that's full of songs that I can belt out at the top of my lungs and help to move that energy through my chakras. So, and yes, Pink and Adele happen to be at the top of that with some Reba thrown in and, you know, just a good combination, a little bit of meatloaf. There's a whole compilation in there. 
But having that as a go-to helps me to dispel some of that energy that I've picked up as a person who's very clairsentient. So if you're on overload, it's your job to be able to assess that. And I just think a lot of people aren't aware of that. I think they are conscious that they have emotions and they may not have the skills to work with those emotions or to understand what they are even. Sometimes I'll be in a session with someone and I'll ask them, this happened yesterday, I'll say, well, what's that emotion that you're feeling? And often the word is overwhelmed. I hear that quite a bit. And But that's not really an emotion. It's what you're experiencing as a result of your emotions. So when I reflect back, I'm a very good translator. When I reflect back what I feel the vibration of the emotion is, a lot of the times there's tears because I've been able to put words to what that person is feeling. Now, they're feeling it. They're very valid and very attuned to what they're feeling. But without being able to name it, I find it very difficult to understand where it's coming from and then how to best be compassionate to self. So one of the services I offer is helping you to understand you and translate some of those emotions and to learn how to feel them not only from a human capacity, but from an intuitive place, understanding the frequency and the vibration. And this is one of the reasons that I think people are so sensitive, so reactive, um, so cranky, is because the coping skills aren't there. Now, I was not taught as a child that when I was crying, I was not asked, what are you feeling? I was actually told often I would be given something to cry about, uh, which I already had. So parents really need to think about their what they're saying. So there's no coping skills or a lack of coping skills that I feel is happening now. And I'm of the camp that we over explain to children sometimes, and we are asking them to be in charge of their own situations and to understand their own emotions when we don't stink and understand them. So I think there has to be more Uh, effort put into helping kids connect the dots between what they're feeling, what the words are, and then take it to action. What are they going to do with this, uh, these feelings? I see so many meltdowns and it's not that the kid's incapable of having that conversation. It's just they're frustrated that the adults around them either aren't listening or they don't have the words or they haven't been um, allowed to explore frustration and disappointment. Um, and I heard the, there's a couple phrases, helicopter or lawnmower parents. Um, the lawnmower just made me chuckle because I assume it's because they're creating a safe path for the child to walk, but that's not going to help your kid. Then you get adults who don't know how to deal with their anger and emotions because they have not had to factor through and develop those parts of the brain that have resiliency, that come up with good ideas. 
Um, I used to tell my kids <laughs> that, no, you can't always have it your way. This isn't Burger King. And you're not going to place an order at the machine and get it delivered to you at the next window so you don't even have to get out of your car. And it wasn't because I didn't want them to have the best. It was because I wanted them to be adults walking around in the world, able able <laughs> able to contribute and to use their words. So um, it may have worked in some situations. It worked very well with my daughter. Uh, The jury's still out on the others. So there's an entitlement that's happening because I feel anyway that the majority of kids are not being inconvenienced. Um, They are being raised to believe that they are the best of all things that ever happened and that may be true to someone's life, but it creates a lot of pressure. And then these kids just don't want to be in charge of the world. And we're asking them to if we are expecting them to, one, understand things way beyond their years of comprehension. And two, we're either telling them how they feel or we're not allowing them to have their feelings. So the process of becoming an adult who understands their anger is being a child who's and a teenager and all that who are able and have experienced the myriad of emotions. And then anger does become very valid because there are times where our um, boundaries are pushed, where others are trying to take advantage, and we have to have some kind of say in that. So, And sometimes you just stub your toe, and that's a really good time to be angry because it flipping hurts. So I feel like also more poor nutrition is is creating this. More and more I'm seeing parents with young children who intuitively I feel have a high sensitivity to the dyes and to the preservatives. And these kids are coming in this way because they are amazing, enlightened, expansive beings. That doesn't mean we have to blow up their egos so they become entitled sensitive brats, but it does mean that their wiring is such and they would do best in a whole food situation and due to schedules and maybe some lack of understanding, that's not what they're receiving. So the poor nutrition is making them also short-tempered as well as lack of sleep, screen time, um, not enough water, all of those things that the basic body needs um, and we have strayed from. So the way to help shift that, not only in kids, but in yourself, is to look at your nutrition. If you've got more than a cup of coffee on board a day, maybe two on those special occasions, and you are reactive, jittery, short-tempered, well, why don't we look at the caffeine level? And that includes soda and all the crap that's in that and uh, the sugars and maybe, you know, a sensitivity to um, 
any kind of food in your system because everybody's so unique of what sets that off. So it's worth looking at. Um, I feel like a lot of the times I'm seeing that people want, we've become more and more expecting of instant gratification. I had an experience this morning. I had to go to the dentist and I have to have a cap on one of my teeth. And they, they do that impression with the goop. I'm, that's not the real name, but that goop stuff that they put in your mouth. Well, my dentist, who I adore, um, was talking about how years ago, it would take four minutes for this goop to set up and give them an impression to be able to make the crown. And now it takes two minutes and he's realizing that he's becoming impatient in that it's taking two minutes when it used to take four minutes. And of course I have this goop in my mouth so I can't answer him and or say anything to him, which is, I know, a dentist thing, but I wanted to say to him, well, that's the instant gratification that we are being conditioned to believe is our right, um, and we've become less patient about things. I wanted to suggest that in this minute, I was just sitting there taking breaths and looking outside. It was a beautiful sunny day, and really enjoying that. Where was I going to go? I had a bunch of goop in my mouth. So why get upset about this? And I know he was being humorous about it and also pointed out a couple of other examples, but that instant gratification where we are not having to wait for things and we've lost our patience. See, a lot of anger is backfed by these other minute details. And if you think about, if you add up all these minute details, like poor nutrition, um, lack of sleep and water, a sense of entitlement, empathic overload, instant gratification, well, yeah, you're going to be a prime target for spouting off and having some angry moments. So the idea that we can develop habits to support this, I think, is a very well um, placed one and suggestions of how to be there be in the second part of the show, like I usually do it. So the thing that I see often as well is people are so annoyed about stuff that not, didn't even happen to them. I asked somebody last week, I was confused about a story, and I asked somebody last week, it, was this happening to you or around you? And they, he responded with, well, it was happening to someone else, but I was watching it. And this is not someone else was being beaten or mugged or treated in any way that would seem like you'd need to get involved or you'd want to help. Uh, this person was allowing themselves to amp up and get angry about something that the other person probably wasn't even that upset about. So it's like we have this message or this idea that we have to always be in a heightened state of opinion and a heightened state of um, action 
but then we're not really doing anything. We're just running off at the lips. You see this a lot of the times, or running off at the fingers. You see this a lot of the times in social media where people will just say, without even having any evidence or any of the backstory, they will say, well, they shouldn't have done that. They were wrong. You don't know that. You don't have all of the information in, but there's this knee-jerk reaction that happens. And maybe some of it is because we have become too urban. We're not out there moving rocks and getting rid of some of our frustration during the day or being appreciative of how things are created because it's just too easy to walk in someplace and get it. So um, I think sometimes we our our system may be looking for that adrenaline hit or that rush and that's where anger is being used so it's you know a, a replacement for physical action or investment or true involvement so it having if you've put yourself in the middle of another situation and you don't it didn't happen to you happened around you or four steps removed, that's a good place to just back up. Um, It's none of your opinion and none of your business, none of your brilliance. Don't waste it. Your brilliance, paying attention to that. So the comparison game and being in other people's business is a, a deficit. It will it will have your system, your energy system leak. Uh, sometimes I'll look at people and they look like a sieve or a colander and energy is just running through them. And at first I'm like, wow, how am I going to help here? Um, and then I start doing some energy work and kind of spackle that stuff up. But then I have to ask myself if I'm truly being of help to the person who's in session with me, I have to ask how they're contributing. And I will ask that intuitively, but I will also ask the person. Because if we're not having courageous, direct conversations, we are also wasting energy there too. And I think if you have, if we have a time for an hour, we should get to that. So um, there can be a frustration because people are more self-centered. Now, There is a difference. Being selfish truly means to take care of self. So I was once accused of teaching selfishness, and I thought that was the greatest compliment because I do believe that I'm helping people to take care of themselves. That's my goal because if we're taking care of ourselves, then we're going to take care of those around us. Then it's going to spread out to the world, to the universe, and and that exponential um, benefit is something that I believe is part of our contributional contract in being here. So, um, but self-centered, self-centered is when someone is only focused on how things benefit them or what will be the outcome for them or how is it going to impact them. See the pattern? Self-centered Literally, they're putting themselves as the center of the universe. If you are angry with or towards, around, regarding someone like this, well, then maybe you have to look at yourself and see why are you still putting up with it? Because if they're showing you over and over again who they are, 
at some point we have to listen. And I know it's hard. I've had this experience with one of my children and it took me a while to realize that, oh, I'm not going to change that wiring. I didn't contribute to the DNA, but I'm also not going to be able to change that DNA. So what can I do to self-care and to not feel the anger any longer because that was not going to help the situation at all? So, and that's some of it, right? A lot of the times the anger that people have, that we have, that we hold inside is really coming from hurts that have not been dealt with or they're sitting just under the surface. So everything trips that hurt. It, it, you know, I often I'll hear, well, they triggered me. And you've heard me say it before, if you've listened to past episodes, that no, (laughs) other people are not going to trigger you if you don't have the trigger. They can't push your buttons if you don't have the buttons. So if you're feeling or if you get set off, it's a great place, might not feel so great, but it's a great place to look at why. Why did that piss me off so bad? Um, Why did their behavior create something in me that create, that had me reacting and beyond how I want to be in my own world. So the hurts that are there often get um, triggered and it is necessary to look at what is underneath all of that. A lot of the times it is connected to childhood and where were you not heard then and what is the emotion that really wants to come out. And that's why there's a lot of tears in a session. Can be a lot of tears, not every session, but there can be when I will say to someone, well, this feels very similar to 15 years ago at this time, do you remember what was going on? And then the tears that will fall because we've now acknowledged that the anger was a cover-up for the pain that has been underneath that didn't get a voice at the time or wasn't able to be expressed. So the there's a lack in being able to identify our emotions and to connect the dots, if it were, to what is really bothering us. And then that, you know, that makes for a reaction. And you know that one of my favorite words is accountability. And so if we're having an anger issue or we're feeling angry all the time, being willing to take accountability for those emotions, to acknowledge them, to give them a little hug. Did you see the movie Inside Out? Uh, I love that movie because they really did portray most of the emotions that we have and that we uh, are dealing with as as humans. And anger, I loved him, the little red guy, uh, because he was given a voice. He was allowed to be cranky. Um, and it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. For adults, for children, could create some great dialogue around what are the, what am I feeling? 
Um, and then going a little bit deeper into how does my body feel when I, when I react to this and, and just, it's a good tool. So if you're feeling like you are allowing people to walk all over you and that gives you a right to be angry, that's not really true because you're allowing people to take advantage or if you're in the practice of people-pleasing, then the accountability comes in with, well, how do I know my value without being a people pleaser because if you're getting angry and how people are treating you and you've trained them to treat you that way, then we just have to go to the root cause and figure out what is happening here. Because again, the validity of your emotions, every emotion has validity to it. It matters, but it's really trying to communicate to you a way that it wants to get back to equilibrium. Your your subconscious, your conscious, your metaconscious, your emotional self, your heart, it all wants to be in equilibrium so that it can be in joy and that can be in love. And that is a lot of information. So I am going to take a little break here so you can have a little pause. And I will be back with how can you manage this anger? Um, How can you learn to appreciate it? And how can we embrace it? You're listening to Intuition, Your First Sense, the podcast by Vicki Baird, intuitive coach, consultant, and speaker. Did you know that you can schedule a private intuitive session with Vicki? Book your own phone or video session online at vickybaird.com booking. And if you're ready to create transformation in your life as you develop your own intuition, choose a coaching package. With three, six, or 12-month options, you can benefit from Vicky's wise guidance over time as you discover your path. Plus, with a coaching package, you'll get improved pricing and priority advanced scheduling. Book today at vickybaird.com booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because of Anchor. Anchor is an app that literally makes this podcasting experience so easy. It's free and there is a creation tool right inside the app and it'll send it out to all the platforms for you. It has made this process seamless and something that actually helped me to really be excited about getting all the shows out to you because it didn't take a whole new degree in technology. So feel free to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast and let me know what it is so I can listen to it. Okay, welcome back. Thank you for taking into consideration what I'm sharing. And I love that we can benefit from other people's experiences and that by creating a community, you know, those that have been through a process may help us to understand it when we come to it. And I'm grateful to those that I have worked with because like I said, if you don't really have a fuse, it's hard to understand why people get so ticked off all the time. And, you know, probably vice versa, they don't understand why I'm not mad all the time, but I just choose to put my energy elsewhere. So 
I did have an experience uh, just today, actually. I had this podcast planned, and <laughs> then as the universe does provide, I had heard something on a, a friend's podcast, and it um, annoyed me. And what he said was perfectly valid, but it did uh, create a, oh, yeah, I'm going to give him my opinion. And then I was like, really, really, Vicki, you are not his only listener. This does not apply to solely you. And he's not saying this to you personally. And it gave me a good feeling and an understanding of what it must be like to always be um, tripping over an anger issue. It really did. And I, I wouldn't want to be there, but thanks to the repatterning and thanks to the work I've done on myself and with other people, because I learned from all of you, I learned from my clients that it, almost immediately I was able to find the humor in it, realize that I was making myself the center <laughs> of the situation. And I did tell him about it. And I'm grateful that there was this example right there in front of me. So ask and you shall receive. <laughs> so like I said, anger is appropriate sometimes, but it's not meant to be a go-to emotion. It's not meant to be the way we walk around in the world and how we react to life. Um, it's actually intended, I think, to handle those situations where we need to stand up for ourselves, um, where we, with respect to the other person's opinion, we also are able to um, create a, a message that, no, that's not okay. However you've treated me or whatever's being said or um, any of those things. I, but it's not meant to be a go-to emotion. I think one of the greatest things you can do when you feel anger is to take some space, is to really step back. If you were to create a mantra or some kind of statement to yourself that I will give myself and whomever I'm angry with the space and understanding to be able to discern if this is coming from an old wound of mine or if this is something valid. Because even if it's something valid, you're going to make more headway, progress, um, have better results if you have thought about it, if you've given some consideration to what you would say rather than just spouting off whatever comes to your, you know, fight or flight mind. So taking some space is the best way, um, has to be number one. The self-awareness about, um, this process, and I'm hoping by doing this episode, it brings a conversation about. Uh, you know, again, these are things that we rarely talk about, but ask yourself what's hurting? What is trying to get your attention? And if you're able to discern what that is, what can you do about it? 
You know, um, Greta Thornburg, I believe that's her last name, is a good example. You know, here's this 17-year-old who is absolutely ripped about how people are treating the planet and, and what's happening to it and that we're being oblivious to it and we're not taking care of things. But she didn't just sit around. Okay, she did do some sit-ins, but she did it with message. And she's getting other people together and she's showing a fortitude because it means that much to her. She is channeling her anger into something that is now creating collaborations around the world in order to help this planet that we love and that we live on. So channeling your anger into a helping action um, for yourself and then helping others. And if there is a truly, if there truly is an anger issue, chemical imbalance, uh, something that is just not moving with your own intention and help, well, get help. Therapists are amazing. (laughs) And the help that we can have through pharmaceuticals, through supplements, I love ashwagandha um, for like if I'm feeling stressed, that's where I turn either to the tea or to um, some supplements just to help my system calm a little bit so that I can be in my best mind space. So if that's necessary, then great. Um, have Go to therapy and learn some new skills. Learn the skills you weren't taught. I was raised in a very angry household and I could have followed that path, but I didn't see that it got anybody anywhere. And I had to learn some new skills because (laughs) I used to slam doors and that wasn't going to get us anywhere in anger. Uh, It's like we say to little kids, use your voice, use your words. Well, we have to learn how to use our words. And if a therapist um, or coach or a trainer or somebody can help you with that, uh, well, then you deserve that. And it's a good gift to give yourself. The anger that we carry affects the cells in our body and it does create a dis-ease in there and it can create some significant health issues. It's almost like it creates a crimp in the, in the, in the line. Like when I see the anger, I see the system so tight and so cramped up and, um, it, I feel like if we can iron that out, it brings a whole new view on life. Things look much more beautiful and there's more space in our hard drive and in our cellular makeup to experience the love and the joy that is possible. So if you think of anything, think of yourselves in helping you to, you know, mind your own business And I love the expression, mind your own brilliance. If you want your intuitive, if you want your psychic, your soul light to be bright, you have to mind that brilliance. And if you're mired in anger or frustration, the rear view mirror, you constantly keep telling the story of old, you're not going to be very bright. Um, You're going to have a dull energy field and that's going to impact manifestation. That's going to impact your relationships. It's going to impact your intuitive abilities. So do you want to shine that light or do you want to be 
in crank mode all the time, like looking like he just sucked on a lemon and <laughs> miserable. So one of the ways that can get the physiological body involved is breathing. Everything comes back to breath. If you don't have breath, you don't have life. So it can help you get calm. There's a great app called Calm that can help as well, or Heart Math. Uh, but the breathing really will bring some calmness to your system. If you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, it tells your um your whole system, your reactive system that I am completely drawing a blank on amygdala and all that, it tells it that there is no saber-toothed tiger chasing me. I'm okay. Uh, This is going to be okay. If you continue to breathe just through your mouth, it tends to tell the system that we better run. Something is coming to get us. So if you want to bring about some centering to yourself, go to the breathing. You can do that in a meeting. People are expecting you to breathe. Um, you know, you can get yourself centered in a conversation with a spouse or with a kid, um, simply by doing that. So, and address your, your sensitivity, address your clair sentient, your empathic ability, your, um, what are the other words? Light worker, um, energy being, whatever the phrase is this week about this stuff, just address it. It's part of your wiring. It's always been here. It will always be there. But being empathic does not give you a pass to shoot your mouth off or be an emotional wreck. And I've seen people use that as an excuse. And I take that very personally, not personally to Vicki, but personally to the teaching, because that's rude. It's just rude. You do not have a right simply because your emotional system or your energy system and your antenna picks up other people's energy and emotions. You don't have a right to be be running off at the lips or sharing your opinion or telling somebody else what to do, um, or saying that we need to believe the way you believe. You don't have that right. Um, so get your stuff together, recognize that that's a gift you have. And if, if you truly want to take care of a cherished gift, you ask it what it needs. And the intuitive self is not about forcing itself on, on another. It is about knowing one and knowing thyself so well that you feel strong, secure in who you are so that, again, those moments of anger are when and if they show up are appropriate. So use your white light, get your butt to nature, um, or go swimming in a pool to clear off some of that energy. Um, do some yoga, work out. Boy, those slam balls. Oh, I love those things. They're filled with sand. And If I was having a day and I was heading down to uh, Justin at the gym, I would text him and say, can we do slam balls today? Because sometimes you just got to work the energy out. You don't need to know what it is, who it's connected to, and you don't have to do a great big thesis on it. You just got to get rid of it. You just got to spin it out, not at someone, but in releasing the energy and then, you know, maybe clear the gym when you're done. You could also help someone else. It's a great reality check that when you're so wrapped up in your own stuff and your own anger, 
and you're feeling even desperate, despondent, frustrated, any of those frequencies, help somebody else. Um, because it will not only raise your energy, it will maybe help you to have an appreciation for where you are in life and the fact that you do have the capability of bringing yourself to center and to acting like a um, intelligent, enlightened soul. So asking your inner child and yes, we all have one, what it needs, why it's having a meltdown in this moment, what's going on, what's really hurt. Ask yourself, at what age do I have I felt this before? Because you may be having, I call it like a bungee cord reaction, where there's one end of the bungee cord hooked back to whatever that age was, and there's a bungee cord hooked to you right now. And we tend to have an age that we default to in moments of anger, frustration, or um, not knowing what to do. And if you become aware of that, you can gradually close that gap and you can be responding from where you are today. But there are some stuff that's still in there that becomes an automatic responder. So in that moment, you can ask, at what age is this? does this present to me? And maybe have some compassion for that being that you were when you maybe you didn't have a say before and you wanted to yell and holler and that's what you're doing now, but it's still not the most appropriate expression. So um, if someone did, in fact, do say or infringe on your being, then deal with it appropriately. You're intelligent. You can take that space and respond. And then you get to be proud of yourself for doing that rather than later on say, oh, why did I do that? You know, texting is a good example of this. Like we should always put down the phone if you want to respond in text because once it's in writing, oh, it is out there. So give yourself that space, put it down, come back to it later and practice a little bit of self-restraint. It feels good to actually do that. And then maybe you could forgive yourself for believing that you have to carry the anger in order to justify an old hurt. You don't have to. You don't have to keep telling the story of the past. You don't have to keep it alive in order to um, feel that you were somehow hurt or wronged or anything like that. Admit that you were, give some compassion to self, and then process through that. But holding on to the anger is only hurting you. It's not going to hurt anyone else. And it's not going to justify the old hurt. Uh, You do have to choose you and how you want to be in this lifetime. And if you want to be one of those crankpots like my former mother-in-law, well, you just go for it. Um, I tried softening her heart and helping her and um, others did as well. And it's just not her way in this lifetime. And she chooses to be angry. And that's her 
Um, that's her right. Uh, but then it's also a very lonely place because those who are angry tend to push others away and then end up lonely, which I think is only reinforcing the hurt and probably giving and manifesting the sadness or the abandonment that they already felt. So that was a sidestep, huh? So <laughs> I took a little digression there. But you have to decide how you want to be in this lifetime. Decide how you're going to do that, and then you get to be proud of how you made a step in the direction of healing. Because if you're releasing anger, when you're releasing it, when you're understanding it, and when you're choosing a new way of being, that is the ultimate healing, and that is a high five to your soul. So it takes a lot of energy to sustain anger. So what if you put that energy for love and enjoying your life? Just imagine what could be created and imagine how it could be to actually embrace your life and enjoy it because you're no longer carrying around the backpack. So I hope this has given some food for thought, some um things that could maybe create new ways of being, new habits. And I hope that you've learned that if you have some hurts in there, it does really benefit you to explore them, to look at them, and to perhaps heal them and release them. So thank you. I hope you have a most blessed day. And I will catch you next time on Intuition, Your First Sense. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.